What's up, everyone? It's the Episode Ninja Podcast, where the guys and I do a deep dive into our favorite TV shows. We chat about legendary episodes, iconic characters, and hilariously classic quotes. It's like the late-night combo you have with your friends after too much beer and not enough tacos. So grab a cold one and get ready. It's the Episode Ninja Podcast. Pretty, 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 pretty good. We're all excited for tonight's episode, which is Curb. Your enthusiasm, one of my all-time favorite shows on the HBO network, which aired in 2000. Still going strong. Uh, Seasons 10 is coming out uh, next year, I believe. And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar uh, with the fabulous Kirby Enthusiasm, it is a semi-fictionalized version of Larry David, of himself. Larry David is the co-creator of Seinfeld. He co-created Seinfeld with Jerry Seinfeld. so you might know his work. Seinfeld might have been something you guys have heard before. Um, but it basically follows his life and all these kind of um, crazy situations he gets in. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's one of those shows that is amazing, yet touches a lot of people in the wrong way. And I'm sure we'll touch on both of those points tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the uh, the perfect description. I mean, you, you mentioned the situations Larry gets into. A lot of the times it's the situations Larry puts himself into. I think that's sort of a big part of it. He's this he's this billionaire who, you know, has a problem with an you know, 18% tip being put on a bill already on top of it. So, it's, you know, it's these situations that he creates and the cast of characters that are put around him that, that make this such a such a great show and and one i didn't get into until long long after it started it was it took me a long time to get into curb i was uh i was definitely a seinfeld fan had always seen his name obviously but never never really even knew what he looked like until i started watching curb and then i you know obviously see the george connection but um yeah i mean he's proven that he can you know he's just got basically a lifetime contract with hbo whenever he wants to film a season they'll take it and he'll do it and it's Got to be a pretty pretty sweet job. Yeah, I started watching this um, early on, not not directly from the beginning. A lot of it had to do with I didn't have HBO at the time because um, I had to spend my money on beer. But yeah, I would just pick up on the uh, DVDs from Netflix and catch up on some of the seasons, and uh, it was just hilarious. I remember watching it with my girlfriend at the time, and uh, it, it it was. I mean, I, I was like the Seinfeld fan in the group. I would watch Seinfeld. We would have a game where we would put on any Seinfeld episode. I would see a 10 second clip and be able to tell you what the whole episode was about. Probably can't do it now because I don't watch it as frequently. Probably the same way that you feel about the office, Dan, you know, for sure. Um, So Seinfeld was my show. It's probably still my favorite comedy. Did you just watch that on reruns or did you actually have the the DVDs? Uh, I watched it on. um, I don't know if you're, are you familiar with the television set? Yeah, there's one right behind me. You oh, there is it. one behind you. Yeah, okay, you can, but you can so I'm a cord Seinf- cutter, though. Seinfeld I am a would cord come cutter. on, come you on weekly co- on, cable. on Channel Five, and I would use uh, this like little rectangular thing called a remote control, and I would I turn, was just the, curious turn the show if you were on. that big a fan that you were watching after the fact, like continued watching. I watched Seinfeld were, basically when it when it aired. Okay, I was like five years old, so I was a teenager. But yeah, being such a huge Seinfeld fan, I was like, let me, let me, I wasn't really, you know, interested in the show at first. Cause like you said, I didn't know who Larry David was. I, you know, I watched Seinfeld and I knew that cast and I didn't pay any attention to the creator or the writer or whoever. And so this came out on HBO. I didn't have it. I got the DVDs and it took a little bit of time. Like I'll, I'll admit, like I didn't watch an episode being like, aha, I got it. This guy is, this guy's it. He's got it. He's hilarious. It took several episodes before I got it and got him. And I was like, this is just fucking gold. And then I've just been, you know, a diehard fan ever since. And, and if our listeners haven't noticed that Steve has been very quiet this whole time. Uh, Steve just recently started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm um, based just off uh, solely a list that, that Chris put together, which might I add is a solid list. It's, of, it's, of it's, episodes. A, it's a best of. I'm excluding season nine but it's best of personally curated by me it's a very strong list if you guys want to just tweet at me and i'll send it over no problem 
Why don't you plug your Twitter there? I mean, at least get the people, you know, where they need to go. Yeah. So, so, so Steve, as a, as a new viewer of Curb, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, I'm going to be honest. Initially, I did not care for it. Um, I, it's still, it grew on me a little bit as I watched more. I think especially the earlier seasons, I did not like as much as the later seasons. Um, yeah, I, I can get into more of my thoughts now or, or we can dig into that later. Do you think that you've given the show a fair chance? I do. So I guess for context, I've watched maybe seven or eight episodes spread out throughout most of the life of the show. And I think I am missing like some context of, you know, I'm realizing like, okay, he clearly like got divorced or something at some point, that sort of thing. But I'm missing like he lives with Leon for a while and I don't know the origin no, of that lives with him. Okay. What? A, yeah. Like I'm, I'm Max mi- live with him. I'm mi- Let's get that straight. Yeah. I'm, I think I've gotten a, a good gist of it, but I'm missing out on some of the context of a lot of the, the plot line, now, obviously. Now to be fair, you and I are, um, big fans of superstore and we're trying to get Dan on board with superstore and he's not feeling superstore. However, we're telling him that he has to finish season one because he's only watched a few episodes. I'm just wondering if you're in the same boat or you just haven't watched enough Curb to really, you know, make a fair assessment. Uh, I mean, that that might be true. Um, the, we should do a Superstore episode so we can explore this with Dan. But I feel like I should have it at least watch some of the beginning episodes more. Um, but I feel like Dan has seen enough superstore that if we made him watch some of the later episodes that we thought were good he may appreciate that so it, it would be interesting to see how that that shakes out yeah i mean i guess that's my question is, is it has had the eight episodes that you've watched with the context missing intrigued you enough to to continue watching like do you think you'll do you think you'll continue watching curb uh i'm at the point where i'm curious but i I still don't love it. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, it's not, I don't think it's going to ever become one of my favorite shows, even if I were to sit down and watch all of it. Mm-hmm. It, And I can mm-hmm. get into that. Like, I don't know, this, the style of, of humor in this show does not appeal to me. Um, how much, how much do you know about the production of the show? Just out of curiosity, like in terms of writing and acting and uh, how they produce it. I'm assuming Larry David is involved in the production somehow, and that's the extent of my knowledge. Okay, because it's pretty interesting. I think uh, Chris and I both listened to an interview recently with J.B. Smoove where he kind of went into it. And for those of you who don't, don't know, and I'm, I feel like a lot of people who listen to this probably will, there's no script for the show at all. They basically create an outline for the season of like things they want to hit and they get the actors and most of them are have experience in improv people that are you know worked in the past in that area and basically are like hey go have a conversation we're gonna we're gonna record it probably three to four times let's see how this goes and that's basically and i think i think i think chris brought this up previously when we were talking about it a little bit you can kind of tell when watching it that these conversations are kind of spliced together because maybe they took one part of one cut one cut and another part and kind of put them together but they always seem to come up with these just ridiculous storylines that breed, you know, some of the best lines that I think in, in like TV history. So what's interesting about um, this whole premise is I, I really don't know of a show other than like some sort of sketch improv show that has this format where we're trying to be a sitcom yet we have zero script. We just have this outline, you know? And so Larry will say, You know, this is the scene. This is where it takes place. This is the goal of the scene. You know, so he'll say Larry and Richard are having lunch and they're arguing about who's got the better seat. And Larry might make um, a note about a certain line that he wants said by a character, but that's it. And uh, what's really cool, and I just actually just found this out from that J.B. Smoove interview and I was doing some research to find out whether or not it was true. But so when they shoot the shots, they've got to kind of like get the actors in place to set everything up, lights, cameras, whatever. And normally a show would run through the dialogue and, you know, make sure everything's all good. I believe it's called blocking. What's it called? 
Blocking. Blocking. There you go. So when they're blocking, uh, Larry doesn't want any of the cast to attempt any dialogue in the scene. So they literally will be like, blah, 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 blah. And I just find that just hilarious. Um, I mean, it's really smart if you think about it, because he really wants that um, spontaneous, you know, kind of dialogue. But it's just hilarious just to watch them, you know, for five minutes going blah, 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 back and forth. That would be absolutely hilarious to watch. And and I and I had heard also in a Brian Cranston interview, because he's obviously done so many incredible things, but he uh, they were talking about, you know, his experience on Curb because he was in season nine. He's played a therapist, so he didn't play himself. He loves truffles, by the way. Right. Him and his wife so love truffles. But that's like the whole thing is basically he was in this. He was talking in the interview. He's like, we get to the to the set. We talk about you know what they want to get out of the scene, and all Larry says to him is just, I just mention that you love truffles. At some point, just mention that you love truffles. So they go through this entire <laughs> scene of talking about the chairs in the office and how he's also. Um, his wife's therapist and there's just this really they have this whole conversation and at the end he's like oh by the way you know it's truffle season so keep an eye out for this or whatever it was and Larry's like oh so you, you, you like truffles do you and it just turns into this whole thing that ends up being a main storyline but it's just this one that that's how they shot it is just this is the goal end goal of the scene just get there somehow get there naturally so I'm watching season nine on uh, on cable and so what's great about streaming these is they actually include a few minutes of the deleted scenes so or i almost want to say like i guess they're deleted but it's almost like you know an extended scene so you see a conversation that made it into a show that's like two minutes while you see the other like three or four that didn't make it in the show and honestly like the quality is really good like they had to make some hard cuts in leaving some of this stuff out um and i could just see them ranting for like 20 minutes um, about whatever, and then just having to kind of cut stuff for time. It's, it's and really with somebody crazy. like JB Smoove, he's like the perfect, he's been a writer on SNL. He's been an actor. He's done improv. Like he's like this perfect combination for this role where he can literally write in his mind as he's doing something and come up with some of the most hilarious lines ever. Yeah. And he said in that interview on, uh, on Barstool that for the first three seasons he was on, he literally didn't even look at the outline. <laughs> He would just like come up on the set as, you know, in the character's persona and be like, what's going on? What's what? What am I doing? And the director, what did, would Larry, say, what did Larry do this time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the director would be like, OK, the scene is about, you know, this. And he'd be like, OK, OK. And then like he would just, you know, riff on that. And after hearing that, like I've got much respect for him just because that was some creative, funny shit that he's come up with on the spot. Like the first season he's on, like the ejaculate. Um, I mean, that was just, that was just golden, you know? And, you know, the scene with like, and, and what'd you, what'd you, what'd you do? Oh, you punked out? Man, you got to get in his ass. You got to get in that ass, Larry. You get in that ass, Larry. You know, you got to go in there. You get Snickers bar, throw a wrapper on the ground, read a newspaper, throw that on the ground. You spray, you spray paint, paint Larry your name in there. <laughs> like that's, that's some, that's some you, good you shit. Wash me. You know, and he would talk about like, he would just go on all these rants, um, you know, for like 10 minutes and stuff. I, I, I really hope at some point. You know, they put out like, you know, two hours of like deleted scenes from the show. Like, it'd be great. So so do you guys think he was underused in the whole show? Leon? Yeah. I think he's perfectly used. Interesting. So one of my, the reason I ask is one of my major complaints about the show is I don't particularly like Larry and I don't like any of the supporting characters. But Leon, I really like. And he was barely in any of the episodes I watched. I, he was he was really only in one, I think. So he's definitely in more than that list. Okay. So I mean, he definitely he definitely plays a bigger role as as they go on because the the interaction between him and Larry just gets even better. So that's good. That's definitely. But and not in the early seasons. Early seasons, the Black family. I don't think they come in until like the sixth or seventh season. Basically, they're uh, they're from New Orleans. They get displaced by the hurricane or by Katrina, and but not uh leon leon lives in la but his family's in town and so he just goes and stays with them and then basically just never leaves he's he's essentially like the kramer of of you know curb your enthusiasm he's just kind of skating by in life but it's also this really weird dynamic where larry david almost looks up to him and like you know 
Leon's not the most intelligent person, but Larry takes advice from him and he'll he'll confide in him and he becomes like his confidant. And it's they actually have a really interesting relationship by the end of well, not by the end because they're they're shooting a season right now, I guess, according to Chris. It's one of my favorite bromances. Yeah, on TV. I would period. Agree. See that it's just it's so a great random. bromance that makes me want to watch more of the show because I that's good to know that he's becomes more of a major character as as it goes on. He definitely does for sure. Yeah, because the Blacks come in season six. Yeah, I believe this is the beginning of season six. Because there's Loretta, which is played by Vivica A. Fox, who, yeah, Mm. Um, Keisha and Daryl, and then Auntie Ray. (laughs) Peanut? What's up, LD? Of course, Larry. And of course, Leon. So, kind of going off that, who would you say are your favorite characters? Chris, I mean, specifically since you know the show so well, who who do you look at? When you watch the show, you know, I I love almost all the characters. I think that even the ones that are kind of boring add something um, just because of the way that they play off of Larry. But I have to go. I mean, my number one favorite character is Leon with Larry being like a one B. And the only reason why Larry's not my favorite is just because there's sometimes I just yell and be like, shut the fuck up, Larry, and just move <laughs> on. Because I, I mean, I get Larry's personality, right? That like it can rub people the wrong way because there's certain situations that he puts himself in where you're like, dude, you have like $400 million. Like, why are you worrying about like a $5 whatever? You know what I mean? Or, you know, you're worrying about something that has nothing to do with whatever. And I get that like, that's that's the premise of the show but just sometimes it there's certain situations that it just gets annoying where you're like okay okay uh larry calm down right i i completely agree because there's like so many times in the show and 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 to to your point of what you just said it's part of part of why it's funny but when everyone's berating him about something or coming down on him about something and it's very easily explainable that it's 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 just a it's a common mistake or it's a miscommunication. He just sits there and, and just reacts to everything instead of being like, "Hold, stop! This is what happened." But it wouldn't nearly. Well, be, I it do wouldn't notice. Be nearly I do funny. notice a lot of the characters won't let him explain. They won't let him explain, and he yeah. just gets really flustered, and that just like fuels the fire, and it just you know he can't he can't explain. Um, one specific time where I got really annoyed with Larry, and you know I get. This was kind of the whole point of the episode, but I think it was the season finale of season uh, seven or eight, basically um, when he's trying to get Cheryl back. So it was the episode with the reunion, all the Seinfeld folks and whatnot. And, you know, that someone had left a, uh, you know, a drink mark, a water stain on Elaine's antique coffee table or side table and he spends you know he gets blamed for it and he spends a whole episode trying to figure out who did it you know do you respect wood now all of that's funny right all of that part investigating asking people if you know they respect wood but the whole season he's trying to you know him and cheryl are separated and he's trying so hard to win her back and then literally he's won her back and he figures out that she's the one that left the water stain on the side table ruins and he's everything. Like, he ruins it he ruins it you know what i mean and you know i'm sure from his vantage point you know larry david as like you know the producer of the show like haha that would be funny like he does all this stuff and like winds up you know just pulling a larry and screwing everything up but do you like larry better married or single well i gotta say probably single just because if he wasn't single then my favorite episode of curb probably wouldn't have happened but um which is uh, Larry versus Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and I'll get into that in detail when we talk about our favorite episodes. But I read that Larry divorced Cheryl on the show or she divorced him because in real life, him and his wife got divorced and he just couldn't. Yeah. I mean, if he was divorced in real life, he didn't want to be married on the show. He just that wasn't him. And it's just so weird, too, because like if you're a Larry David fan and you are familiar with the show and then you watch Larry David on snell interviews kimmel whatever he's just larry david and not even just like the way he just like how he observes stuff it's not a bit like his show is literally just how he thinks and how he talks and he just happened to make a show around it yeah you can tell there's like certain storylines that are definitely like hit close home to him that he decided like okay that's definitely the show i mean you can see it 
you could see it in the in a weird roundabout way when he you know they do the Seinfeld reunion and they base the whole plot on a real phone conversation that he has with with Cheryl, which I don't know if that happened in his real life, but again, it's just one of those things where he he I, he definitely intertwines things from his real life, and the marriage is definitely a good example of that. Before we move on to to talking about the different characters on the show, there's one fact that is just you guys probably have heard about it, but it just blows my mind. Did you guys know that in um, 2003, this guy got accused of murdering a teenage girl? And he was like, it wasn't me. Like, I didn't do it. And he was like, uh, you know, I was at a do- I was at a baseball game, a Dodgers game with my daughter. Um, and he, you know, got convicted or whatever. And then later it came out that he was actually in curb footage and he was telling the truth that he wasn't there. He was at this Dodgers game. Um, and, you know, they let him go and had to give him some money for it. It's, it's just crazy. Curb is saving lives. Yeah, I, I did see that documentary on uh, on Netflix. It's pretty pretty interesting, and it's a great episode too. Wait, let's there's be a whole honest. documentary about it. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Larry David's in it. Really? I mean, I yeah. just I just read the news blurb. I didn't know there was a whole doc about it. No, there's a documentary on Netflix about it. I can't think of what it's called off the top of my head, but uh, no, it's definitely it's a Netflix production. It's it's I, I watched it. It's really interesting because they actually show the footage of him walking by. I mean, he he just literally happened to be sitting in the same section that they were shooting in. And there was hours and hours and hours of footage, and his lawyer poured through it tirelessly, frame by frame, to try to find this kid, and found him and got him got him off. It's it's a pretty incredible story. Larry was just happy to be part of it. <laughs> Glad he could help. But again, I think a great episode. That's where we get the Larry using a prostitute to to you know get in the HOV lane so that he can get to the game faster. And he ends up sitting with her and. It's Marty Funkhauser's got the seat next to him that's empty, but he's saving it for his dad who just died. He's like, it's, it's symbolic. I won't, and he does not. He refuses to let Larry sit down there, which... It's spoken uh, for, Larry. <laughs> I know. And I know he just died, the the actor who plays him. But while we're talking characters, he's he's by far like my least favorite character in that show. Marty's your I, least favorite? I can't stand Marty Funkhauser okay. or the whole Funkhauser family. Okay. Who do you... Who's your favorite character? I like Jeff. I, I think he's just okay. such a. I think he's just such a doofus, mm-hmm. and he's so stupid. Like I was just watching the episode where um, his wife finds panties in the in the glove box, and he says that they're Larry's. So by the end of the episode, Larry's pulling down his pants and he's wearing ladies' underwear just to help his buddy out. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm Larry David, and I like to wear women's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Because that's also the one where he buys a bra for his his uh, his housemate or the maid at his house. There, there's just that's just such a great. I just love their relationship. I guess is probably the way that they'll kind of do whatever for each other. And Jeff's Jeff's just such a doofus, and I just love it. Okay, so you like you like Jeff more than Leon? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Because okay. like, Jeff's been there since the beginning. I mean, he's been so consistent. There's really been nothing that's changed about him. I mean, he literally, in an episode, I can't I can't tell you which one, but he, you know, he's fucking a realtor who, who's just bringing him around in different open houses and banging him at these open houses, and his wife finds out, so he ends up buying a, you know, multi-million dollar house just to get out of it. I just And I love his relationship with his wife. They both hate each other, but they know they're, it's the best they're going to do, but they also have this, like, loving relationship. I don't know. There's just something very... <laughs> There's something very like innocent and pure about Jeff, and I just I just that really was, like him. That was season nine, Running with the Bulls. That was the one with uh, Brian Cranston as the therapist. Okay, yeah, okay. that was the uh, that was the they went to the funeral or wake for Funkhauser's nephew, who was a high school kid who was uh, going to go to Stanford as a pitcher, had a great arm, <laughs> and a smart kid, and he wound up breaking his arm uh, fighting Larry. Uh, to open the pickle jar because what guy doesn't want to open the pickle jar you know what i mean which Everyone is definitely something he's jar. experienced in real life that he put you know in the show. and he couldn't masturbate because his arm was broken so larry found a prostitute naturally and he changed her look he said hey stop dressing like a prostitute you need to dress nicer you need to get some you know nice dresses and he hooked up the prostitute with uh funkhauser's nephew and the nephew wound up going to europe following the prostitute and running with the bulls in spain and he got trampled by a bull Pretty basic stuff, right? I mean, happens happens to a lot of people, and it's all because of Larry. <laughs> it's like just just as I'm explaining the premise of that episode, it sounds so ridiculous. People would be like, "What? 
what are you talking about? But I don't know. I just I just think it's so great. I mean, back to Jeff. I I do like I do like Jeff just because he's so like he's so chill and he just acts like a normal dude to me and he doesn't seem like he's acting. Um and I feel that like he will present himself as like a real person. And what I mean by that is there's scenes where he's talking about like, oh yeah, I was at your house for dinner and you know, I had an erection. So I just went in the guest room and you know, I just like, uh, rub one out, rub, rub one off real quick. Like no big deal. You know what I mean? And, um, not that I've done that, but I could see having mm-hmm. a conversation, uh, you know, with my friends about that. Yeah. And it's funny. It's funny you say that too, because the, the, Here's a quote from Jeff Green, the actor who plays Jeff. He said, he's an idiot. He's not a good guy. He wants to get laid constantly by anyone, anytime. He wants to please his clients. That's all he works on. I'm a decent guy, so there's some niceness underneath. I have no respect for this guy. He's a buffoon. That's all. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I still love him. Like he's To me, he's just such a lovable character. I guess the worst thing about him is he puts up with Susie. Now, I almost, Susie is not the character that I hate the most. Um, Susie was on that list until I found I've I've remembered this character, but uh, I just can't believe that Jeff puts up with Susie. Well, he doesn't want to give away half a shit. <laughs> I think that's. I just love how like she always threat like you how to just go ahead and try to divorce me like I will own everything you fat fuck yeah. Um, so I think that's what pretty much keeps him around. Yeah, she she always says she gets approached in uh. And, you know, grocery stores and on the street and stuff like that. And they want her to act like Susie Green, you know, where she's just like this uh, loudmouth bitch yelling at everybody. And they ask her to yell at them, like, yeah, call that. me a fat fuck. <laughs> call me a bald headed fuck. And uh, she's real nice in person. She's like, no, I, I don't feel like doing that. How do you feel about um, Ted Danson and his wife being guest stars? Because they were pretty early in the season. They were definitely present early, but kind of took a backseat towards the later seasons until well they're back season nine but but it was dating right 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 but his wife's gone she was in it for one episode i think she said well she was said larry Larry wasn't her type but she's like you're not my physical type and she wound up dating someone that looked just like larry and Larry's like what the fuck right which i believe and him are both scientologists Mm -hmm. in real life Mm -hmm. which is interesting not that there's anything wrong with that. How sure are you about that? Because I don't want to put them out there. I'm pretty sure Mary Steenburgen is is definitely or was. Um, I've definitely heard her name thrown around. Not so much Ted Danson. Is there a website that you could just put in someone's name to find out if they're a Scientologist? Yeah, I believe it's Wikipedia. No, but I just want to like, I just want to, I just want to search a Google search engine bar search box to be like scientologist.ninja i believe is the website right but just put in like dan jacobson and it'll just return yes or no well i think that's just a database of people's different religions and that that goes into a whole new sphere of but things. i don't want to know if you're a jewish or not i just want to know if you're a scientologist i'm not jewish just to get that out there. do you like ted danson do you like him on the show do you like his version of himself because i personally i've worked i'm watching the good place right now which i know steve is a big fan of as am i and i as is, as as is chris and I love his character in that, and it just seems like his. I don't know how close his his you know his self is and Curb, but I do really like Ted Danson. You know, I think um, I think he's fine. I don't have an issue with him. What you know, it's like one of those things. Like he's a character that's not really funny. He doesn't do anything funny, but just his interaction with Larry makes Larry funnier. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Okay. So. I get what you're saying with that. How do you feel about Richard Lewis? Because I have some opinions <laughs> on Richard Lewis. So. Uh, Richard Lewis is... He's just interesting. I do love the fact that he's always dating the most gorgeous women. The hottest women possible. So I do like that aspect of it. Okay. Um, he's just... I don't know. A lot of times he's just kind of weird and awkward. I do like his, you know, kind of friendship with Larry and things like that. How, like, they've been friends for, like, 50-some years, which is, like, just like in real life. They Mm -hmm. were, you know, they grew up together, and they hated each other growing up because they were rivals uh, in, like, different sports or something. I like the relationship, but, I don't know, he just seems, he just seems kind of weird. Because I'm just like, what is, I don't know, what are you doing? I just, I don't get what he's doing with his life on the show. Yeah, I, I just don't. 
I don't find him funny. Like I don't think that he's very good at improving, and I think that's such like a big part of it. His his whole thing, he just he winds up like stuttering and talking and basically around Larry instead of to him. You know, whenever they interact, and I just don't. I don't know. Like I, I couldn't. I didn't like the whole Larry giving him a kidney thing and then him being fine and being kind of a dick about it and. I mean, there are some definite like great Richard Richard Lewis moments. I always think about the the time when they go when they're fighting over the bracelet and they bump into the blind guy and end up helping him move his entire apartment and he's t- dictating them where to move things because he thinks it looks nice there and they're looking around like this 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 guy's blind. How can he possibly know? And they end up working an entire day for this guy, which he comes back around again in the blind date episode with Larry helping him try to find a girlfriend because he's got very, very, very high, you know, expectations about who he should be with because Larry accidentally outs his girlfriend as ugly. The The blind guy just can't date an ugly person, so... Well, it's just she misrepresented herself. She well, said that she was a blind, supermodel. So it you know, she but, lied about it. You know, how are you going to date someone that's going to lie about it? Well, because he's blind. I would blind, do the same thing. But he's blind, so he can't see her. And that side, I gotta, I gotta side with Larry. But yeah, Richard, I don't know. I just don't really, I don't, I just don't find him, him funny. I went back and I even watched some of his stand-up to try to see like what, what there was in the '80s because it seems like that was his time because he hasn't, he, you know, dresses like it's still the '80s. So I went back and watched it, and it's just not, it's just not for me. Maybe it's not my type of comedy, but I'm not a big so you're Richard not a, Lewis. You're fan. not a fan of Richard. Yeah, I'm not a Richard Lewis fan. I guess okay. just to sum it up, most of the characters, like I said, I like. You know, some of my love, Larry, Leon, love a lot of the guest stars. I think all the guest stars are great, whether or not they're playing some random role or they're playing themselves. Uh, ben Stiller, David uh. Schwimmer, Cranston, just love the guest stars. You know who I hate? Mm. I hate Wanda Sykes. Yeah, her character Like, there's sucks. just something about her character that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I watched the Crazy Eyes Killer episode that was on your list, and she's the worst in that episode. As if she's dating this famous rapper who's, you know, saying all these things and out there and somehow, you know, tells Larry he loves to loves to eat the puss and and you know, Larry's just kinda of bullshitting with about it and somehow it comes up with, with his wife, which goes right back to Wanda and yeah, she's I, I completely agree. I think but She's pretty limited. That's the one thing I can say. She only pops up every once in a while. So it's not like one of those things where I can't, you know, it ruins the show for me. She was only in seasons two through five and seven through eight. Was not in season nine at all. I think one thing with Curb that's a little bit different is instead of, you know, we can talk about ranking seasons and episodes, you know, specifically episodes. But I think storylines is a big thing in the show. Like, the, the number one rated episode on episode Ninja is opening night, and that's the storyline of him, you know, becoming this Broadway lead in this play that he's never done, a musical, and he's had to go through Ben Stiller and David Schwimmer. That whole season leads up to this. Um, you know, there's the other there's other seasons like the season seven with the Seinfeld reunion. You know, it's, it's funny. He talks about never, never wanting to do Seinfeld, but when it comes to, you know, possibly getting his wife back, he's all in on it. And I think that's, I think that's something that's a little bit different with, with Curb than other seasons. You can tell there's like very specific storylines that, that last throughout an entire season. I mean, they're unique. Okay. I mean, the themes, the storylines, they're all unique and they sound crazy on paper, but I think they work. And even shows that I do love, they, you know, have a lot of traditional boring kind of themes. Like, you know, we've done a Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode, you know, the whole uh, premise of um, Andy and, uh, you know, Santiago, um, Peralta and Santiago, that whole, like, you know, uh, relationship, that's, like, been done a million times on sitcoms. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I still like it, but, you know, it's... It's, you know, kind of your average, um, you know, storyline for mm-hmm. a sitcom. And I think these are just like really out there storylines and, you know, kind of it, it's unique. So, yeah, I mean, in one storyline, he competes with Rosie O'Donnell in season seven over over, you know, someone who's bisexual and ends up. <laughs> there's also the softball aspect of that episode where he's juicing to, you know, he's taking Viagra to please the woman. And so she picks him, and meanwhile, he's also playing softball against Rosie O'Donnell, 
And she's the catcher being like, you juicing, Larry? You, you juicing? You juicing? You juicing? Juicin'? No. no. No, not me. <laughs> I mean, it, it just sounds so ridiculous. But again, the way they wrote it, or not the way they wrote it, I should say the way they shot it and the way they improved it, it, it it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, they've they've just done such a great job with that, I think, throughout throughout the season. Which What, what would you say is your like favorite like ongoing storyline, whether it be the Seinfeld storyline or you know larry trying to get his wife back anything like uh the fatwa the fatwa was pretty good yeah i i you know i i did I had like no that. idea what a fatwa was before or really who salman rusty i've always heard the name salman rusty and I'm, I'm pretty sure i heard it because of seinfeld i had never really known the story behind that and, and never knew what a fatwa was so that was definitely very interesting one random thing that i wanted to mention was uh one of my old co-workers was roommates back in the day with Jeff Garland. Jeff Garland's a Chicago guy. They make a lot of references in the show. He's a big Cubs fan. Um, and he was roommates with Jeff Garland. And uh, this is obviously before he blew up. And my uh, coworker. Like physically? He was skinnier? Both. Oh, both. Okay. But my coworker was roommates with him. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, I love that show. And he said that Jeff Garland would call him Bacon Boy. Because he would just like eat a big plate of bacon every day for breakfast. Hmm. So I want to run into Jeff Garland and ask him, like, hey, were you roommates with Bacon Boy like 20 years ago? Also, Steve, something that might get you into the show is Caitlin Olsen is a, is a guest star. She plays, she's related to Larry's wife, Cheryl. She plays a cousin who's involved in seasons one through four. No, she's a sister. A sister or a cousin? Yeah, I, I yeah she was the a Cheryl's cousin. sister. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw her pop up in a couple episodes, but she was kind of just in the background and didn't say a whole lot. You know, being uh, that you've only watched a limited amount of, you know, episodes, you know, any thoughts on the characters besides Leon, Steve? Uh, I mean, I kind of hinted at it earlier. I I really do not like any of the supporting characters. Like, uh, Jeff is okay. I cannot stand Cheryl. Um, I can't stand... Uh, what's the older Richard? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's the the supporting cast is not strong in in my opinion. See, like I feel like that's more of like yeah, they're supporting cast, but it's like the tertiary cast that like comes after that. Like his other co- or his cousin, who's Andy, you know, cousin Andy, who's played by Richard Kind. He's just just insanely obnoxious, but he pops up and. In a bunch of episodes, like Larry's dad, in in an episode, essentially lets Larry, Larry is in New York shooting a movie for Martin Scorsese, which I'd love to see, by the way. And you know he's out shooting this movie, and he tries calling his dad. His dad doesn't answer. Ends up going back to L.A. and he sees his dad, and is how you doing? How you doing? Good, good. Uh, how's mom? You know she's like she's well, she's out of the hospital. Oh, that's good. Where is she? you know where is she? It's like oh, well, she's she's out of the hospital. And he's what does that mean? He's like well, she, she died. Um, and, and they're just having this whole conversation. Why would you tell me that? You, it, well, well, your she mother said didn't not wanna, to bother you. She, she said, said not, not to bother, bother you. you. She said you had a good time in New York. You got to, you know, don't bother Larry. And then all of a sudden, you know, his cousin Andy walks in who lives in New York and flew in for the funeral that was like on the mass past Monday. He's like, oh, Larry, it was a wonderful ceremony. You would have loved it. Uh, so it many people. Yeah. Oh, the food. <laughs> the, what a spread. And then what he goes, a spread. And then he goes and like reads the first thing on the like guest list, and it's like so and so wrote their name. Where's Larry? <laughs> his, his parents, or his dad, wouldn't even tell him that his mom died. Just didn't didn't want to bother him. Come on, Steve. And then there's a whole there's a story, whole storyline after that about where she's getting buried because she has a tattoo, and which is apparently not a good thing in the in the in the Jewish faith. She they put her in the special section. Yeah, they yeah the yeah, special had section a, had, a, had to pay off. Uh, what are those guys called? What are the grave digger? Grave digger. Grave yeah. digger. Yeah, had to pay the grave digger. It's a great Dave Matthews band song. No Dave references. Too late. Um, it happened. Allowed. It happened. Let's get into some episodes because I'm just getting real excited. I just want to talk about all these episodes. Why don't you tell us your me. list? Why don't you tell us that list that you gave to Steve? You want me to read it oh. off? Yeah, you get the list. I don't, if you, whoever has a list, I got handy, it read out my curated list. So this is Chris's way of getting Steve into Kirby Enthusiasm. First episode is episode 1.3, Porno Gill. Great guest star. Who's the guest star in that? What's his name? Better Call Saul. Uh, Bob uh, Odenkirk. Odenkirk. Yep. Great episode. 
1.5 interior decorator which is an incredible episode Larry ends up wrestling with the interior decorator at the end crazy eyes killer that's the one we referenced earlier with wanda sykes uh the blind dates when larry <laughs> sets up a blind guy with a woman in a job episode four, uh, season four <laughs> episode nine the survivor <laughs> which is a phenomenal episode where larry invites someone to dinner thinking i'm a larry, survivor you're not a survivor i'm a survivor thinking that they're a holocaust survivor but in ter- in reality they were on the show survivor <laughs> Um, five we didn't. We didn't have snacks. I didn't have access to a gym. Snacks? What snacks? We didn't eat for weeks. Sometimes <laughs> a month, we had forty people using the same toilet. Uh, after that, season five, episode eight, the Seder, where Larry goes insanely Jewish. To uh, what was the? What was no, the no, whole no, point? no, 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 no. The Seder. No, you're thinking of ski lift. That's but but it's one episode apart. So this is Larry when he meets the guy, the the guy's daughter, her, her father. No, no. The, Does he uh, hit her car? It's it's it's. I don't. Get, th- I think that was all. It's the to ski get lift Richard up. Lewis. No, it's to get Richard Lewis up on the transplant list for his kidney. He bumped. I don't. He, I he, just don't know if if they introduced the. They they might have mentioned that guy. Anyways, let's, oh, yeah, let, whatever. It, it's neither here. The or next there. episode is the ski lift, which but we this, know the, is the, the episode the where Seder is. Uh, oh, what is his name? What is what is the bald guy from uh, Rob Corddry? I love the fact that you don't watch the show at all, but you knew exactly who I was talking oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's yeah. he's no, a right. he's a registered sex offender, <laughs> and Larry befriends him. Doesn't want to befriend him, but the guy is super he's nice. A nice guy. Love Seinfeld. He wound, he wound up being like this, you know, kind of like a golf pro helping Larry with his golf swing and stuff like that. And Larry felt bad and invited him to the Seder. Um, and uh, it was just funny. At the end of the episode, uh, Susie and, and, and Jeff's daughter, Sammy, winds up choking on something. And they're like, does anyone know uh, mouth to mouth? And they just cuts with you know him going i do <laughs> that could never be air today go ahead talk about the ski lift uh no the ski lift is the next episode on the list um that one i'm surprised because you you've mentioned that as one of your favorite ones that's ranked number 17 on episode ninja that's that's a little shitty that's pretty down there that's um that's where larry is basically is essentially trying to get larry or um richard, richard lewis moved up on the kidney list so he hits this guy's car he's um Orthodox Jewish, very so very Jewish, and Larry decides to turn himself into an Orthodox Jew and goes way over the top. But it's just this absolutely hilarious character. I, <laughs> the way he talks, the way he tries to get through. Um, what are they Yiddish? He was trying to speak Yiddish to them. <laughs> and just the so it's the uh, so he's trying to schmooze the guy who's like in charge of like. The kidney the, list. The kidney list. And he's an Orthodox Jew, brings his daughter with him up to this, you know, ski resort or whatever. And anytime, to ski. anytime Larry's fucking Jewish or Yiddish, she's just look at the look she gives him like, what the fuck? Well, the other like, thing is he uses Susie as his wife, too. So she goes Orthodox Jew for it, too. I mean, it, which is just a terrible couple. <laughs> There's no chance that's going to work out. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, scenes in the, in the entire series is... So Larry and uh, the daughter, they go up on a ski lift for one last run at the end of the day. And she doesn't want to go because she hates Larry. And they go and a ski lift gets stuck. And it's like 5 o'clock, 5.30 or something. And it doesn't get fixed. And they're sitting up there, sitting up there. And I guess there's some rule that, you know, if you're an Orthodox Jew and you're a young married woman, you're not allowed to be with like a man after, you know, sunset or something. And so she's like, oh, my God, like one of us is going to have to jump and you know she's like i'm serious one of us is going to have to jump and then like larry's look and he just turns to her and he's like are you fucking crazy like <laughs> every time i watch that scene just cracks me up you know and i'm not doing doing it justice because his look on his face is just great and he's hungry at at that time so he's actually found some edible underwear in his pocket that he's just <laughs> you know having a little snack i believe um the actress who plays the daughter also plays um, Ruxin's sister in the league, who is also an Orthodox Jew. A little fun fact oh, of the day for so you. So they're typecasting her. It's, it seems that way. Mm, okay, um, interesting. The next one on the list, uh, be rounding out the top ten here, we got episode or season seven, episode five, Denise Handicap, <laughs> which Larry finds that he gets a lot of sympathy for dating women with uh, in wheelchairs. Is that right? When, when do you wheelchair, <laughs> Denise? <laughs> 
cat. <laughs> I mean, that was I mean, that was a phenomenal episode. Like Larry meets this chick in a coffee shop, starts hitting on her and asks her for a date. But he didn't see that she was in a wheelchair because she was sitting down. And he can't back out of the date and he goes to pick her up and she's pissed off because he was wearing a hat in the coffee shop and she didn't know that he was bald. And then they go to a restaurant that didn't have a ramp. So he had to wind up carrying her up the ramp. She was a big fan of uh, Yo-Yo Ma. No, it wasn't Yo-Yo Ma. It was like Yaya or something like that. It was Yo-Yo Ma. Yo-Yo Ma is a real person, but I don't think that they use Yo-Yo Ma in the show. Well, then he winds up meeting another woman in a wheelchair because he because loses he, touch he with the other one. he assumed that they would know each other. It's the same neighborhood <laughs> both in a wheelchair. What are so. the odds? <laughs> um, then we have my probably my favorite episode, the Palestinian chicken, where Larry has to make the tough decision as to whether or not to eat at this Palestinian chicken restaurant that has very good chicken, which I would love to give a try. I mean, it's hot. If, it's, if they have Jewish people going there for the Palestinian chicken, it's gotta be good and then uh the last episode you have on the list is season eight episode 10 uh, and i think i'll just leave this one to you is uh larry versus michael j fox okay i'm just gonna get right into it this is my favorite episode okay so i'll tell you why so larry is dating a woman and uh she has a son who is a young very energetic five-year-old and larry goes to pick her up on a date and vivacious vivacious is a great word dan thank you and you know larry goes to pick up uh his date and she's like just wait here and he's waiting and he's doodling on a magazine and the young boy um you know comes out and it's like oh what are you what are you drawing and larry's drawing basically a hitler mustache and a swastika on some advertisement in a magazine because he's bored and he has to explain that you know oh this is a swastika and uh you know i think that my favorite line is he's like wow like this is this is an awesome like image i love that it's like up and down and left to the right and he's like they should sell that at every single souvenir shop in new york and he's like yeah i don't know if the jews would really like that and the little kid's like get a life jews (laughs) and like just like i don't know this kid should be like i mean i don't know he should be in stranger things this kid's amazing like uh i just love it and then the interaction between him and Michael J. Fox in an episode, they get in an argument. Michael J. Fox is kind of shaking his head. Larry's like, is he shaking his head because he's pissed at me or is it a Parkinson's shake? I don't know. And he kind of just goes back and forth between. And he gives him know, a pop. Yeah, gives him a pop. And it's all shook <laughs> Would you up. guys take a pop from Michael J. Fox? Yeah. I mean, did he shake it because of Parkinson's or did he shake it because he's mad at Larry? I don't know. <laughs> you know? And uh, just, you know, he's clomping his boots uh, on the apartment, keeping him and Leon up. And Leon's pissed. He's like, shit, if I go up there, it'd be Michael J. fucked up. (laughs) But just the whole episode, it's just really great. What I really love about this episode, um, besides how hilarious that kid is and the fact that, like, he's obviously gay and Larry knows he's gay and the mom doesn't. And Larry winds up getting him a sewing machine and the kid loves it and the mom's all pissed off. Everything's great about that. But what I really like is how normal Larry's treating Michael J. Fox, if you think about it. Like he's arguing with Michael J. Fox and he's kind of being a dick to Michael J. Fox, but he's not giving him any special treatment. Like everyone like, you know, oh, it's Michael J. Fox. He got Parkinson. He's like, you know, he's our golden boy. But, you know, my uh, Larry's like, no, he's just using Parkinson as, as a guise to be rude to me. And just, you know, that sort of like... Uh, He's out to get him. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's Larry's whole thing. It's just (laughs) great. I mean, when you when you're talking about great episodes of Curb, like I'm looking at the list of episodes for all the seasons. Like, I mean, I could name 30 more episodes that I thought was great. You know, I put this list together to kind of curate the sense of Curb, the sense of Larry, things like that. Get some good moments in there. Ones that I thought are are hilarious, but there's plenty of other ones that could be on here. But the the only problem is like, and if you know, we'll probably talk about the episode Ninja list here is some of the episodes that are really good, like the opening night of the producer's uh, play or the opening night of the restaurant. Those are all like, they're good episodes. They're great episodes, but they're season finales. So you have to have context of the rest of the season. So being that I wasn't going to have Steve watch all these entire seasons, I kind of left some of those off. Yeah, the only the only gripe, not even gripe, or only thing I think missed on the list was at least one of the Seinfeld reunion episodes where it involves some of the some of those characters coming back. Because my favorite, I'm not episode, a fan of those though. To be honest uh, with see, you, those are, that, that's why I like think my those are favorites. weaker. 
I think that's like my favorite storyline. I love when Larry David and 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 Jerry Seinfeld are talking. Like uh, there's a comedian car getting coffee episode with them. It's absolutely they just have such great chemistry. And I like I I like the season seven episode ten episode just called Seinfeld because it's the one where they go to um, Jason Alexander's house and for his book release, which is his book is called Acting Without Acting. And it was actually Julia's house. They go to Julia's house for this party, and both Jerry and and Larry are standing there talking about the book, and they're holding it, and it's like fifty pages. Like this is more of a pamphlet. <laughs> this is more. This isn't a book release. This is a pamphlet release, you know. And they and then Jason walks up and explains his whole, you know, it, you know. Larry's like, what, 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 what is acting without acting? He's like, well, it's a state of mind, you know. He's going through this whole thing, and one of my favorite like running jokes throughout that whole season is how. Jason Alexander, every time he talks about George, he's, he always just talks so much shit about him. He's, oh, come on, that that, that character was such a buffoon. He was so unbelievable. He was just, every, every, you know, he was such an idiot. And Larry's sitting there like, hey, 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 hang on here. <laughs> it was written about me. <laughs> every time someone, you know, he's like, who, who would who would eat food out of a garbage? Larry's like, I, I did that. I did that once. That's why I wrote that. <laughs> you know, I just I think he's got great chemistry with that whole cast, obviously because they've been together for so long, and it was nice to see the Seinfeld set back up, and you know everyone kind of accepted and you know Michael Richards back into the world, and you know he had Groat's disease, and he had the whole interaction with Larry, who was or not Larry, uh, but Leon, Leon, who was pretending to be uh, you know Duberstein. You know, he was adopted by a Jewish family. He's like, I'll wipe the shit out of that, man. I'll, I'll wipe that shit up. <laughs> I just, I love that whole, that whole, like, story arc there. That's one of my favorite, definitely probably my favorite uh, season and favorite episode there. So my favorite episode is Michael J. Fox episode. What's your favorite episode, Dan? I just said uh, season 10 episode, or season 7 episode 10, Seinfeld. Seinfeld's act- your favorite? Okay. Yeah, the acting without acting. Got it. Yeah. Okay. What would you give this one overall? I mean, obviously, this is one of your favorites. You mentioned it. You've kind of carried the conversation here. But overall, where would you put this in the pantheon of, of shows you watch? You know, like I said, it's uh, it's one of my favorite shows, hands down. You know, we're talking about um, we're talking comedies. It's it's top three. It's top three. You know, I've always said for years that Seinfeld's my favorite comedy. And this is probably number two. Give me a number. You want a rating? Yeah. Give me a rating. Nine, eight. Woo! Damn. So does no. that mean Seinfeld's a perfect 10? Well, no. we'll get there no. eventually. We'll get there. No. I, I'm going to put this at like the 8.7 right in there, which is which I think is a great score. I, I love the show. Recently acquired it. So I'll be watching it a lot more on Shuffle, um, which I think is is going to be fun. And I don't know. I, it's one of those ones that it definitely grows on you the more you watch it, I think. Because you just pick up. It's so quick. It's such so many things happen, and it, there's so many different characters. And I, every time I every time I've I probably watched it probably twice, maybe three times now. Every time I watch it, I like it a little bit more and appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you might not like it the first time around, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should try to watch a little bit more. Like I, it kind of reminds me of Super Troopers, which is one of my you know all time favorite movies. And the first time I watched it, my friends were all like, oh, you got to see this. And I watched it and I was like, this is stupid. And then I was kind of forced to watch it another time, a third time. And then like this, uh, by the end of the second, third time, I was like, man, this movie's actually really unrated. It's hilarious. That's that's how I was with the uh, Larry Sanders show, which, you know, rest in peace, rip torn. But that one took me a while, but it's it's probably like one of my favorite comedies now too. Not to change the subject, but there are there are shows that are like that, and and I would agree wholeheartedly that uh, Kirby enthusiasm is definitely one of them. Now, being that you're a big fan, Dan, of the Seinfeld episodes, mm-hmm. do you do you think that the episode Ninja list is pretty on point? I actually pretty I am actually pretty in line with um, with pretty, the episode Ninja List this time, pretty, which is which pretty. is not which is not you know normal for me, but um, yeah no I, I I pretty much agree with this with this list I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, I don't think, like I said, I love Curb right, so it's it's hard for me to say these are bad episodes. Like if someone's like, oh, I love the Seinfeld, right? Like I could see why you love that episode. Okay, do you respect Wood? I don't have an issue with that. You know, like opening night was such a great episode. Like that was, 
you know, Larry trying to, you know, for his 10th anniversary, Cheryl said that he could sleep with someone else and he's trying to like hook up with all these chicks and he has an opportunity, but like he blows it and he was going to sleep with, uh, you know, Katie Huffman and he pretends he has OCD and he winds up making out with her, but she's got a picture of like George Bush. So he can't have sex with a Republican, you know, it's just stupid stuff like that. So I can, I, I like the episodes. My personal opinion is I would put some of these higher. Like, obviously, I'd put Larry versus Michael J. Fox as number one. I think sur- the Survivor should be up higher. Uh, the Ski Lift should be up higher. The Shack episode at number 16, eh. The Bob Mitzvah at number 14, eh. Like, those are just okay episodes. I think, like, some of the episodes beyond that are a little stronger, in my opinion. But I don't have an issue with the list, like I said. Yeah. I'm, and, and, and it's a nice mix, from what I can tell, of seasons. Like, it's... It's not like there's one season that's really heavy. Like that's what I think is great about the show too. Is like, it's it stayed relevant. It stay it's it's got staying power, and you can see that through this list. I mean, the first up first number one episode of season four. Number two is season eight, uh, season seven. You know, it just goes on and on. There's a good mix of different seasons throughout, which I think is indicative of a good show. Did you find it really hard to kind of pull out specific quotes to talk about, like as your favorite, Dan? Yes, 100%. Because it's not like, I mean, there are certain things that are quotable, like, do you respect Wood? And I remember going back and forth, you know, like six years ago with my my old roommate being like, do you respect Wood? Uh, As he would like leave a soda can (laughs) on the coffee table. And then, you know, obviously like Larry's like, you know, you know, pretty, 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 pretty good, which my wife never knew that was from the show. And she just thought I would say that like, I'm just some sort of weirdo. And, and she watched funny. it. She watched it. And she was like, "Oh, that's where you got it from." It's pretty funny to find out like he did that. I think in one episode, I can again, I can tell you which one. For me, they all really run together a lot. But it flashes back to him as a kid, and you know, I think the Mister Softy episode where he's in the back of an ice cream truck and he gets to see a girl naked for the first time. She's like, "What do you think?" And he's like, "As a kid, pretty, pretty, pretty good." <laughs> like, so you see the origins of that. He's been saying it since he's a kid, but. Yeah, I mean, for me, there's just so many great lines that it's like, and and they all have to be kind of in context. Like that's one thing about the show is like you can't like, like one one quote I found is like, I just like to see what people look like with Hitler mustaches. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't have a context, and it's like you almost have to recite the whole scene. Right. Like one of one of my favorite things that Larry says is he's waiting to go to a movie, and he is whistling some classical song. Some guy hears it and he's like, excuse me, are you Jewish? And uh, he's like, why? Why? Yes, I am. And, you know, he's basically mad because whoever is this composer is anti-Jew or something like that. And, uh, you know, he's asking Larry, like, are you are you sure? Are you sure you're Jewish? And Larry's like, you want to check my penis? Hmm. And just like, you know, just kind of random lines like that or his when he's accusing Leon of masturbating the first night he stays with them. And, you know, he's like, uh, my wife found uh, a stain on the comforter. Oh, oh, okay. What kind of stain? Like a like a juice stain, a jelly stain, like 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 what grave stain? What? A jacket? A jacket? The way he says a jacket? A jacket? Cum? Cum. What kind of cum? <laughs> cum is cum. No, Larry, cum is not cum. All right. And I guess mine. All right. I guess mine. Yeah, there's some lines too that just like perfectly like that I completely relate to. It's this one in where he says, "A date is a date is an experience you have with another person that makes you appreciate being alone." And I can respect the hell out of that (laughs) quote. Um, There's just so many times where I watch the show, like I don't relate to Larry on so many levels. I'm not a multi-millionaire, obviously. I'm not a lot of things, but there's some times in the show where I'm just like, "God damn it!" He, or or he's in a situation where I'm like, "God, he's so right," and everyone else is so. It just pisses me off. But that's probably part of this. There know. are there are a lot of situations where he is just you know taking it like too seriously, but he has a good point. You know, like it's like you you got a point, Larry. Yep. Because you, you do flip. Like, that's what was interesting about that, that J.B. Smoove interview where he's like, I'll get to the set that day and I'll decide whether or not I agree or not with Larry. Like, he decides where he's going to go with it. Like, is he on Larry's side? Is he on, you know, something else? And, and one of my favorite scenes is when the blacks, you know, leave. They just turn around. You know, Larry's at home and he just turns around and Leon's just standing there. So he's like, so what are you going to do now? He's like, I'm going to go upstairs and eat some Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just, you know, that's the end of Leon just 
you know, oh, for an example of that, like there's a there's a scene where, uh, you know, Larry's behind some woman at an ice cream store and she's just taking too many samples of the ice cream. You know, she's abusing this, the sample policy. He's like, everyone would love to. I would love to sample, you know, women and just sample all these women. But I can't. There's rules I just here. Love, I just love in that scene like he narrates. What she doing. Oh, yeah. Grab another one. Yeah. Gra- <laughs> grab another one. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Definitely try the vanilla. Try the vanilla. It's not like every other like? vanilla. I wonder what that tastes like. It's not like every other vanilla on planet Earth. Yeah. No. Could definitely give that one a try. Oh, man. I just love it. So I, I could sit here for the rest of the night and talk about this show. I love it so much. But... We should move on. Let's do some trivia. Let's let's get let you finally catch up in trivia and kick our asses. Moving right along. How did Larry and Cheryl meet, according to Cheryl? Steve probably knows this one. No. No, I don't. All right, let's get right to it. Steve. No answer. Uh, Dan. I, I put at a fundraiser. That's uh, incorrect. And Chris. I'm going to say... They met because she felt sorry for Larry. I don't know. She was reading Dog Fancy, and he made fun of her. I don't remember that at all. Okay. I don't know. I'm gonna rewatch the whole season again because I don't I don't know where that came from. All right, so zero points awarded. <laughs> First question. Next question. In the episode Shack, what Seinfeld episode does Shack say is his favorite? Hmm. Mmm. Oh. Oh. Okay. You just finish? A lot of noises you just made there. I think I, I got two answers, and I'm just going to guess. Yeah, I, I kind of went the same route. All right. Chris? The contest? That's correct. Dan? I also put the contest. And right, can I see Steve. that real quick, Dan? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, my guess was the shrinkage episode, which I don't know what that's called, but... Now that you guys said that, I should have guessed that because that's like the most famous Seinfeld episode. Is this, is this enough for you here, Chris? Yeah, I, yeah, I just want to verify okay. that. It's very fun. This one, kind of obscure for the hardcore Curb fans. What is the name of the Curb theme song? Frolic, Frisky, Fancy, or Funky? I actually know this one. Wait, say it again. What is the name of the Curb theme song? Frolic, Frisky, fancy, or funky? Total shot in the dark. Uh, Dan? I said frolic. That is correct. Whoa, let's go. That is correct. Steve? Frolic. Steve in the game. And Chris? Frolic. I'm going to need to see proof, please. I'm just kidding. We can thank the Amazon X-Ray feature for that since that's where I was, I was watching it on Amazon Prime. It shows like all the actors who are in the scene, which is cool, but it also does the music. So every time I open an episode, that song would be playing in, in the bottom corner, it would say Frolic. I just pictured what I would be doing if I was humming that song. Fair. Not Frolic's, frolic, frolic's the only one I remember. All right. When Larry died, what were his last words? I don't remember when Larry died. Yeah, I think that was... Uh... The end of season five because of the uh, kidney thing. All right, Chris, go ahead. I mean, I don't know exactly, but was it along the lines of something of telling Cheryl to get that $5,000 from Jeff? No. Probably unlikely. The others are going to get it, but Dan. Fuck you. Incorrect, Steve. Uh, I said curb your enthusiasm because that's the name of the show. It's good guess. <laughs> Incorrect. The, the correct answer is I have a system. Oh, yes, because it's a DVD. Oh, yes. Very. But he did. Okay, so that was the last thing he said. So what I said was like the last to last thing that he said because he was selling his car. Like Chris. <laughs> I know, but I was just telling you he was selling his car to Jeff, and Jeff said that he gave him the blue book value and he didn't. <laughs> so, but yeah, he does have a system. I have a system. You know who uh, the guest stars in that episode? Dustin Hoffman and... Um, Sasha Baron Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen was, uh, they were in that episode, in the Larry Dies episode. And he gets in an argument with Yeah, they were, with they were Peter and Paul, right? Yeah, and he gets, <laughs> he gets into an argument with them. And the final question... 
is why did Larry want to quit going to a shrink? I feel like he's wanted to quit going to a shrink numerous times. Can we get a little context on that? Richard Lewis ended up quitting the shrink the same time. I know this one. And oh. they both run into Rob Reiner in the waiting room on the way out. Yep, yep, yep. I know, I know. Because there's numerous shrinks that yeah. he has issues with. There's at least three I can think of off the top of my head. But yeah, I know the answer to this. All right. Well, this time, let's go Dan. Uh, he wore a Speedo at the beach. That's correct. Steve? I have no, no guess. Did you get it, Chris? Uh, yeah, he ro- wore a thong Speedo at the beach. Because there was other issues, he you know he had issues with the one therapist that told him to give Cheryl the ultimatum, and yep. that backfired. And then that therapist had to pretend to be a mugger, and then mug Cheryl's therapist, so it would make Larry look like a great guy. <laughs> you know, then he had issues with Brian Cranston's therapist because he had shitty chairs. And, chairs, and yeah. you know the whole truffle oil situation. So and then there's the a lot it, he, of issues with therapists. <laughs> And at the end of it, he ended up paying for the chair. Like he, the, the, he took the therapist out to go look for a new chair because the chairs were uneven. And Brian Cranston ends with, "Well, thank you, Larry. Thank you for this nice gift." <laughs> okay, so that was uh, three for Chris, three for me, and one for Steve. Steve pulls out the upset, I think, with with being able to pull one. Update the overall standings. Uh, I am at twenty. Chris is in second place with eleven, and Steve is in third place with ten. We're all in double digits. A lot of ball game left, boys. A lot of ball game left. Yeah, that was great talking about Curb. Uh, you know, love talking about Larry David, all these great characters. I've just been in a really, you know, Larry David mood all week, quoting, rewatching shows. It's just been uh, real fun doing this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we'd love your feedback on your thoughts, whether or not you love Larry, you hate him. Uh, definitely hit us up on Twitter, comments, and we'll see you guys next time. That's it for this week's Episode Ninja Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review wherever you download your podcasts. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at The Episode Ninja if you want to hear us talk about any of your favorite shows. Or sign up for an account on episode.ninja and vote for your favorite episodes. See you next week.